Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup for research published between the 22nd and 28th of March 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. There have been four new studies on ME-CFS and 14 new studies on long COVID this week. We have highlighted two of the studies. Paper 2 is on endothelial dysfunction and autoed endothelial biomarkers in long COVID patients, which relates to the layer of cells lining blood vessels. We have most commonly seen studies of this nature coming from the research group in Austria, who have published several studies on endothelial dysfunction. This study looked at endothelial function in 30 post-COVID patients, where 14 of these were classified to have ME-CFS and 16 to have post-COVID syndrome, PCS. However, I'm rather confused as to how this classification can be made with not much detail being given in the research. As to my knowledge, there is currently no agreed diagnostic criteria for post-COVID syndrome. It appears that patients are classified as having ME-CFS if they fit the criteria, but there's no detail to which criteria, i.e. IOM 2015 Diagnostic Criteria or Fukunoa Criteria, for example. If they don't fit these criteria, they're classed as having post-COVID syndrome. Nevertheless, the study did find differences between the two groups and healthy controls. Endothelial dysfunction exists in ME-CFS patients and only some post-COVID patients, but not healthy controls, although the differences are minimal when looking at the data. Further differences were found when looking at a range of biomarker studies with elevated LT1, which is an amino acid peptide secreted by vascular endothelial cells, and this was found to be in post-COVID patients only. I feel a much stronger case definition is needed to make this a more robust study, as well as a larger sample size, which could help address discrepancies found between only a subset of patients with post-COVID syndrome, 5 out of 16 displaying endothelial dysfunction. This is particularly important as endothelial dysfunction has already been widely reported in other studies post-COVID syndrome. Paper 4 is on the lessons learnt from ME-CFS to help inform treatment practices for long COVID and hope that the same mistakes are not made as this current set of patients have not experienced the same level of stereotyping and exclusion from medical attention. The paper examines the different experiences between these two groups in terms of prevalence owing to the public awareness in COVID as well as the etiology of the illness in long COVID where there is a clear defined onset and cause in long COVID. Biomarkers for symptoms are where long COVID patients have organ damage and greater scientific interest to look for biomarkers as well as social, political dimensions of the illness, historical effect of ME-CFS is in the psychological spotlight. The paper concludes and recommends that the research policy and practice for long COVID needs to 1. draw on experiences for ME-CFS, e.g. graded exercise therapy GET recommendations, 
Two, the process needs to be two-way, where both conditions can inform each other in all aspects. Three, patients' needs should be taken into account in education. And finally, disability policies need to be reviewed. This paper highlights important points and comparisons between the two conditions. However, I feel many of us with ME-CFS could have already written our concerns with long COVID being in the spotlight and where the differences and similarities lie. Furthermore, this paper does not explain how it will distribute its findings and recommendations to help address the concerns raised. You may also be interested in reading papers in the long COVID reference section. Several of the papers focus on treatments for long COVID. These are papers 2, 3 and 4. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.